All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show where lines are not only discussed but possibly consumed. This is the Catalina Wine Mixer, live from 24 Stories Up. I am Frank Catalina. If you missed my show last week, I went 6-3 and three in my picks and had my bookie begging for mercy. But not to worry, because I feel better about my picks this week than I did last week. And that's saying a lot, because I felt pretty good last week. We're not going to waste too much time on anything else but the divisional round games, and believe me, we're going to grind these games down to a fine powder. But first, I'd like to introduce you all to the very first guest on the Catalina Line Mixer podcast. He's a big sports fan who is also involved in the world of sports betting. I thought it'd be nice to have multiple perspectives on betting for the big weekend. He is from Boston and is a Patriots fan. I know, not everyone's perfect, but he's my brother-in-law. And they say you can't choose family. <laughs> All jokes aside, I love him. I'm thrilled to have him on the show. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome my main man, Joey, to the show. Joey, what's up, buddy? What's up, Frankie? Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, still a Pats fan. Yeah, despite, still, even after despite, that season? Despite the the woes of the last couple of seasons, still a Pats fan. A lot of people, not Pats fans anymore. A lot of people left ship. Uh, you know, they say that they don't or that they, or that, you know, whatever, but, but, but they did and I'm still here and, um, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm a hopeful Pats fan. I, I'm a, I'm an idealistic Pats fan. I don't, I don't have, I, I always have been, I guess, but, um, you know, I mean, look, Mac is, uh, Mac's kind of a bum and a fucking pussy and <laughs> yeah and, i agree and, and you know like you know his little high ankle sprain screaming like uh like he like got shot in a trench in, in world war one you know yeah <laughs> uh, you know th- that was kind of concerning but like you know the guy he shows flashes of brilliance and then he just shows flashes of dim dumb awful <laughs> terrible decision making uh but i don't know man i mean i'm not a fucking football coach i I just hope they get it together and and sign deandre hopkins and call it a day yeah really i I could have said it better myself now i mentioned you're a boston native but you live in la now um yeah do locals give you a lot of shit for being a pats fan yeah dude i i um you know when the pats were good and and when i was like out in LA and a single guy and watching games on Sundays, you know, not in my pajamas on my couch with your sister. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I would go out and have that Pats gear on and, you know, I would have to basically defend how the Pats were not cheaters and how Tom Brady was actually good. Uh, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I did that for like eight years and then Tom Brady left and, and I don't have to defend myself anymore because they suck. Yeah, now your team's a dumpster fire, just like you know, twenty or eighty percent of the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah, basically. So welcome uh, to the club. Well, <laughs> I, I, I still, I, I think it's going to be a temporary thing. I have. I agree. I agree. Year. I mean, year three, year three for for you know this rookie quarterback might be the one. Third time's a charm. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. A lot of people are talking like he's like he's not going to be welcomed back, which I think is bullshit. I think he's I, obviously going to be back next year and. Um, I think he's. I think he's going to improve. They're going to hire an OC. They're going to hire an offensive line coach. And I don't know, dude. They're going to get rid of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. They yeah, they should. Or they're just going to. Or they're just going to put, you know, <clears throat> Matt Patricia in charge of like the the catering and. and <laughs> yeah, Judge. really. And Joe, Joe Judge in, in charge of the whiteboards. Yeah, right. And and the, and the rest of the equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you have a specific team you gravitated towards now that the Pats are no longer in it? Um, well, I, I like the Chiefs, man. I've always liked the Chiefs. I've always liked Mahomes. Um, your sister is a big Patrick Mahomes fan. Yes. She's like the only, you know, she's like obsessed with him. Uh, so that's kind of grown on me. But, um, you know, I, I, I like the Chiefs. I've always liked the 49ers. I love Jimmy Garoppolo, who's obviously not playing. But I, but I, I love the whole San Francisco 49ers thing. Um, and I think that they're a great team. And I think that they're going to. Probably come out of the NFC. That's 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 what I think. 
They're definitely the hottest team, that's for sure. Well, I want to thank you again for joining the show. You know me, I'm a big Giants fan, so we're going to save the Giants-Eagles game for last since it's the most meaningful to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to hear your perspective on each game, but before we start, I want to try something. So I'm assuming you have your picks already made, correct? Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> before we discuss each game, I want you to, I want you to give us your pick on the game before we discuss it. Then after we cover every possible angle of each game at the end, I want to see if I could possibly sway your pick one way or the other. Sound good? Okay. All right. All right. You can try, but I, I feel pretty good. The first game I want to start off with will be the first game played this weekend. The number four seeded Jacksonville Jaguars, who don't have a fan base big enough to fill a Starbucks, traveled to Arrowhead to take on the number one seeded Kansas City Chiefs, who, as you mentioned, I know my sister is a huge fan of because she loves Patty. This game is scheduled for Saturday at 4.30, which will be aired on NBC, driven by Mike Tirico, my guy, my guy Chris Collinsworth, alongside Melissa Stark. So I want to, I don't know if you noticed this, Joey, I know different sports books have different numbers, but last weekend, I get all my numbers from DraftKings, and last weekend, there was a ton of movement throughout the week. The Bengals opened up at six and a half favorites, then it jumped up to as high as nine and a half, and eventually settled at eight and a half. The Bills line opened up at against the Dolphins, that line opened up at ten and a half, uh, and then it dropped at one point to nine, uh, but then when Tua was officially ruled out, it skyrocketed to 13, uh, which makes me want to vomit because it reminds me of the bet I lost last week. <clears throat> Either way, unlike last weekend, there hasn't been much movement on the lines for any of the games, but this line particularly just changed. I just checked it maybe a half hour ago. This one just changed. It opened up at the Chiefs were getting eight and a half points. It has moved to nine points, so it moved up a half point. Um, so... With that being said, <clears throat> with the Jaguars getting nine points and the Chiefs obviously favored by nine, what's your pick for this game right now? Uh, Jaguars plus nine. Okay. Without, a, I, I just think that Lawrence is playing well. You know, last week they came back from this huge deficit and they get a lot of momentum. And you know, Lawrence was out at the fucking Waffle House afterwards. You know, I saw that. You know, he, he, he's just, you know. I, I like that kid, and I like the team. Uh, as much as I dislike Doug Peterson for the 2018 Super Bowl, uh, he just he just knows how to win games and how to how to how to like score points. And he's just you know he's he's got them playing really well. He's had them playing really well for the last seven or eight weeks or so. So um, I think that I think that nine points is a lot to give. I think probably like the Chiefs will win the game, but I don't I don't think. I think that's a very, um, it's a very high spread. It's definitely so a tall order, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and especially with the Chiefs plus. being home, so yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Jaguars and the Chiefs did play against each other in Week Ten of the season. That was also at Arrowhead. Uh, the Chiefs won twenty-seven to seventeen, but the Jaguars did score a late touchdown with around five minutes to go. So it was it was pretty well in hand for the Chiefs. Um, but obviously a lot's changed since week 10. Jaguars just came off a miracle comeback against the Chargers last week. So the line has changed. The Chiefs are now getting nine points. The, the line moved up a half point for them. Um, they played in week 10. The Chiefs won 27-17 in Arrowhead. Joey, what was your takeaway from that matchup? You know, Lawrence played a pretty clean game. I think he was like 29 of 40. Uh, he threw for like 260 yards and he two touchdowns and no picks. Um, I think that the Chiefs just kind of overpowered them. Uh, you know, Mahomes just has more weapons and um, just like, you know, they just they just played better. Um, but but I don't think that the Jags played played horribly, with the exception of the ground game. You know, which Casey outrushed Jacksonville 155 to 75. Um, you know, they they were they were kind of. The line opened up at Chiefs eight and a half. The line has moved up to nine, so the Chiefs are now getting another half point taken away from them. So 
Here's my take on the game. The Jaguars and Chiefs played in Week 10. The Chiefs won 27-17. You could say the Jags weren't a good team at the time because that loss dropped them to 3-7 and seven on the year. But I could also make the argument that their season was just turning around at around that point. In Week 9, the game before, they beat the Raiders... They beat the Raiders 27-20 while outscoring them 17-0 in the second half. This game was the first of a five-game stretch where Lawrence didn't throw an interception going 10 touchdowns, zero picks. So to Casey's credit, we shouldn't say they caught them at the right time. Um, in that game, Trevor Lawrence played fantastic. He was 29-40 for 260 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Mahomes, similar game, 26-35, 331, four touchdowns, one pick. My biggest takeaway from that game was KC outrushed Jacksonville 155-75, to which Kansas City's running game isn't that strong anyways. Rushing yards per game allowed defensively. The Chiefs are 8th in the league and the Jaguars are 12th in the NFL. So it's surprising that Kansas City, who doesn't normally run the football, actually put up 155 rushing yards against the 12th ranked defense, rushing defense in the NFL. Also... Kansas City lost the turnover differential. They were minus two. Well, you know, Frankie, like you said, I mean, they, you know, Trevor Lawrence played well, and and they were just turning their season around. I think you're. I think Kansas City's looking at a whole new Jacksonville team this weekend. Okay. Entire entirely new team. Um, you know, a lot of momentum. Like I said, from the, that's a big big win. Uh, you know, for them last week. Uh, you know, in that in that wild card game. So. I don't know. I think Kansas City's going to have their hands full. I could be wrong, but uh, I think I think nine points is entirely too much to give. Uh, so we'll see. Nine points we'll is certainly a lot. Nine points is certainly a lot. Um, I think really what the Jags need to do to win this game is they need to win the turnover battle again. But I'm I'm just going through because everything I mentioned before was really favoring the Jaguars, except for. Kansas City outrushing them, but the key thing that I think that the key reason why I think Kansas City won that game was their third down efficiency. Kansas City was seventy percent on third down, while Jacksonville was twenty eight percent. That well, needs to improve. If that's, if that's the difference between teams, you know, you, you know, you're you're not going to be successful, right? And, and so, especially against if, a team like the Chiefs. Forget it. I mean, if if you say Kansas City converted basically seventy percent of the time. You know they're they're going to be well on their way to victory right. against anybody. That Kansas City would beat anybody in the league with that conversion. Absolutely, um, but I say they can't lose the turnover turnover battle. But it's also very doable for the Jaguars. They are fifth in the league in in takeaways with twenty seven compared to Kansas City. They're twenty second most giveaways with twenty. Their turnover differential for the entire year. Jacksonville was plus. Five Kansas City was minus three, so there are some holes in this Kansas City team that Jacksonville can expose. Yes, like like you know, the Jacksonville's going to expose Kansas City through the air. They have to take advantage of a good passing game. Tyler Lawrence is hot. Uh, they got a pretty good receiving core. They really have to step up in that area. I yeah, I totally agree. All right, so again, after we cover each game, at the very end, I'll ask you. What your picks are to see if I was able to sway you either way, um, but we'll save that for the end. <clears throat> the second game is the one I'm personally most excited for, other than the Giants and Eagles. It's scheduled for three. Uh, it's it's scheduled for Sunday at three thirty. It's the number three seeded Cincinnati Bengals, led by the smoothest quarterback in the league, Joe Cool Burrow, traveling to Orchard Park to play against the number two seeded Buffalo Bills, led by my favorite quarterback and my guy, Josh Allen. This game will be aired on CBS, driven by our very own Hello Friends, Jim Nance, the giddy Tony Romo, the beautiful Tracy Wolfson, and just in case we need a deep analysis of a kicker, Jay Feely will be there to confirm if a kick was good or not. He is literally fucking useless. He's useless like kickers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, like, do we really need someone there to tell us, like, what kind of fucking cleats they're wearing? Like, I don't understand. Um... (laughs) By the way, did you know that this is Jim Nance's final season? No. Yeah. He's, he's retiring? Is he's he retiring after ball? he's retiring after the uh after March Madness. Wow, are you from everything? Yeah. From C- golf? 
No, well, oh, oh, you mean, you mean broadcasting golf? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, I had no idea. Was that did that just come out? No, nah, it, it came out. It was it came out a while ago, but it it was kind of quiet. I'm surprised it didn't attract more news. But he is being wow. replaced. He's being replaced by Syracuse's very own Ian Eagle, who I'm obsessed with, oh. and he's great. Yeah, I, yeah, Ian's good. Ian's good. Yeah. Um. Well, Frankie. Bengals Buffalo. Um, um, just I just want to let you know this one thing, Joey. The line for this game moved yesterday. It was it opened up at Bills minus five, and yesterday the Bills lost another half point. So Bills are favored by five and a half. What is your pre-discussion pick for this game? Well, Frankie, I'm sticking with my underdog ethos today. And I'm going with the Bengals. Okay. Five and a half. All right. The Bengals are going to win. The Buffalo Bills are going to puke all over themselves, just like they do every fucking year. Okay. <laughs> every, <laughs> I mean, the Bengals are going to come out flying. I mean, dude, Buffalo almost blew it last week against Miami. I, I'm really not impressed with the Bills. Um, I, look, Josh Allen is a fucking weapon, and uh, he's going to wind up getting his head taken off one day because he's just. That's just going to be the nature of, you know, him running around every fucking game. But um, I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals plus five and a half. All right. So as we know, the previous matchup between these two teams was called off due to the DeMar Hamlin injury, and rightfully so. Both teams have similar strengths and weaknesses, which I'll jump right into. The biggest disadvantages for the Bills to take advantage of are they are seventh in the league in yards per passing, and the Bengals are def- their passing defense. They're ranked 16th. Third down efficiency. The Bills are first in the NFL, which actually surprised me when I looked that up. The Bengals are 20th in allowing offenses to convert on them, and also sacks allowed, which I think is going to be the key for this game. The bank. The the Bills are. The Bills are eighth in sacks allowed. The Bengals are 20th. And in in actual sacks, the Bengals are 29th. The Bills are 14th. So basically, on top of that, the Bengals' offensive line is in shambles right now with three injuries. They could have three backups starting. I, two of them are questionable, um, but it's not looking good as what I read today. And even if they do play, I mean, they're, they're going to be all banged up. That's, that's a real key to this game. Yeah, you're right. I mean... Look, you know, this this whole thing about third down efficiency, I mean, what the Bills do better than than almost any team in the NFL, probably any team in the NFL, is if it's third and short, if it's third and three, whatever, I mean, if Josh Allen, he just runs the ball over the line and, and that's it. I mean, that's that's probably, that's why they're first, frankly, right. because like they don't, they don't need to run a play, you know, they don't need to run a draw, they don't need to do a screen, they don't need to, they don't need to run a slant, they just need to give it, put the ball in his hands and let him run. He is the most dangerous part of that team, but without question, um, he's incredible. As much as I want to fucking squeeze his head like a grapefruit, he's, <laughs> He, yeah, really. He's, he's no, dude. He's he's incredible. He's a fucking Patriots killer, um, and um, he's gonna give the Bengals a tough game. But I, I just think I think the Bengals have the benefit of experience. I think the Bengals have been hot as of late. They're a little banged up, but Joey Burrow, smoking Joe. I take him all day. I take him all day, every day. Did you see him? What he did last week at the airport to Collinsworth when he like. Did you see this video? No. He, he walked out. He had like this bucket hat on. Collinsworth was like getting his bag at like the fucking <laughs> at like at like security or whatever. Oh no shit! And, uh, and and Barrow walked behind him and he tapped his left shoulder and Collinsworth looked over his left shoulder and Barrow went to the right. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. Oh, that's uh, funny. So. Give me Joe Burrow all day. All right, know? yeah, and 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 I, I, listen, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow as well. I, I mean, I said Josh Allen's my guy, but that's not taking anything away from Burrow. The key things for the Bengals to take advantage of in this game is really turnovers. The turnover differential of for the year, the Bengals finished at plus six, and the Bills finished at even. Bills are f- tied for fourth in the league in takeaways. And the Bengals are tied for fourth in giveaways. However, this is where it really separates itself. 
in terms of the Bengals are 11th in takeaways and the Bills are 30th in giveaways. So really they are, I'm surprised they finished at even because as we've seen, they turn the football over all the time. Josh Allen is an interception machine or he has been as of late. And that, as someone who's personally rooting for the Bills, that would scare me. You know, I know you're going to ask me if I've been swayed. And the only thing that kind of sways me over to the Bills is this, is the Bengals' offensive line and how banged up they are. Um, but keep in mind, just, keep in mind, yeah. the, the Bengals gave up the most sacks last year and they still made it to the Super Bowl. So if anyone can can take it, it's, it's Burrow. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So while I'm not officially swayed on this game, Frankie, I, I am close to being. Just something to but, think about. Just something to think about. My, my hatred of the Buffalo Bills and of Josh Allen will will make me do stupid things. Uh, let's shift to the NFC, to the game that's scheduled for Sunday early evening at 6.30, <clears throat> airing on Fox, led by Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, and the beautiful Aaron Andrews. It is America's team, the Dallas Cowgirls, I mean the Cowboys, who are the fifth seed, taking on the number two seeded San Francisco 49ers. So I just want to mention this game opened up at Cowboys plus four, maybe four or five hours later, it dropped to three and a half. But I just checked this morning. It's now back up to four. Um, I was actually surprised that the line was so low to begin with. So when the line actually started dropping, I, I was just going to say that, dude, I can't believe that this line is minus four and the line for the Jaguars is and the Chiefs is minus nine. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it's crazy. You know, I know a lot of people are looking at that Cowboys game against the Bucks and thinking, oh, maybe they can pull something out. But I think you would appreciate this. Watching Tom Brady and the Bucks throughout the entire year, <clears throat> I got the sense that Tom, I got the same sense that I did in Tom Brady's final year in New England. When, when they lost to the Tennessee Titans and he threw that pick six to threw basically that solidify yeah. it, that... The Titans team was only a nine and seven team, so I, I had the same type of like feeling like going into that game. And the Cowboys, credit to them, they took advantage of it. But now I think a lot of people are taking that performance, and and I I think that has to play a part into the why no, it's only four points. I I was really high on the Cowboys that whole day. Did not think that the Bucks were going to win. The Bucks were a dumpster fire this year. They were an absolute mess. It just showed. In that game, and 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 now look at them. They've they've fired Byron Leftwich. They've fired another, a few more pieces of personnel. Like they're met, Brady's gone. Brady's ne- Tom Brady might never ever step foot in Tampa Bay ever again. I know. Um, he's reunion, he's so not, done. Not for anything. <clears throat> I know. He's done. So I think the Cowboys played well, but I think they were playing against a a a, a shitty team. Uh, that eked into the playoffs from a shitty division. I mean, dude, the Bucks were 8-9. So, yeah, I think that they were just overall not a very good team. Uh, and I think the Cowboys rightfully trounced them. But I think this week against the 49ers, I, I, I think the 49ers are going to win handily. The 49ers are the best team in the league right now, I think, the way they're yeah. playing. They've won 11 straight games. You know, the addition of McCaffrey halfway through the year was just... Keys. So key, such an unbelievable move uh, to an all, to an already very dynamic offense. Yeah, and this kid, this this kid at quarterback, um, he's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and, and and also I think it just goes. I mean, yes, he's good. So it, it just goes to show you how how solid of a of a of an organization they're running over there. And um, I think that I think this is this could be their year. And I think they're going to trounce the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys have a shot in hell. So I'm hammering 49ers minus four. Okay, so just some advantages for both teams to share. The Cowboys are really good at third down efficiency offensively. They're fifth in the league. at They convert 45.5% of their third downs. Offensively, the 49ers, if there is a weakness in that defense, it's it's this is one of them. Their, their defense is 16th in allowing third downs at 39%. Um, one thing not to overlook as well, Dallas is... First 
in red zone percentage in terms of scoring touchdowns. They're, they score when they enter the red zone. They score a touchdown seventy one point four percent of the time, and the 49ers defense they're twentieth in allowing red zone touchdowns at fifty six point eight percent. But then obviously there's a lot of advantages for the 49ers. They're Um, They run the football very well. They're eighth in the league in rushing. Defensively, Dallas is 22nd. And then another thing, too, is their turnover differential. 49ers are first. They're at plus 13 for the year. Dallas is actually second at plus 10, which is crazy because Dak led the league in interceptions. And, you know, that's only in 12 games played. But the 49ers do not give the football over. They're third best in giveaways. Um, So I think... The reason why Dallas is even second in the league at plus 10 is because they're first in takeaways, but they're going to have to take it away from a team that's very buttoned up. So that's going to be hard for them. The 49ers, yes, they are buttoned up. They're well coached. And they're going against a team that is sloppy, that is not very well coached. And I think they're just going to expose them. Uh, You know, I I, I really, I really do. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with it. All right. On to the last game. Live from Philly, it's Saturday night. Kickoff is scheduled at 8.15, which will air on Fox. Led by Joe Davis, who, to be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of him when I first heard him, but he's starting to grow on me a little bit. Um, He's with Daryl Johnston, who was one of the best of a dead breed known as the NFL fullbacks. And, of course, Miss Pamela Oliver. We have the sixth seated star studded New York Giants my New York Giants taking on the number one seated Philadelphia Hacks Philadelphia Eagles fly Eagles fly right into a FedEx windshield please um (laughs) this game the line for this game has not moved at all it opened up at Giants plus seven and a half which it currently stands what's your pre-discussion pick for this game well, you're not gonna like it, Frank. But oh boy, I'm going with with the Eagles minus seven and a half. They've been consistently good all year. Uh, but I know you're gonna try to sway me, and I, and I I'm not gonna try I, to do anything. I'm just I'm not gonna try to no, do anything. No, no. I'm just gonna share my opinions, and you know we'll see. And and I know for this game that you're gonna have a lot of special little little stats and things that you want to throw my way. So I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be. I, I'm I think the Eagles are gonna win. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm sorry, but I think they are. And go ahead, try. I would like to see, I would like you to lay out your case for me right now about why the Giants are going to win. Because I know you're going to take the Giants no matter what. Well, I, well I'm going to just share some notes <clears throat> football wise in this game. And then later on, I'm going to share, I, I, have some, I have some betting stats really for all games. And, and I want you to hold your opinion until the very, very end. Okay. Um, Football-wise, I think it's hard to compare this game to the the two previous matches. The first game was an outlier. Um, the Eagles were playing their best football. The Giants were at their worst in terms of injuries. They, the Eagles just caught the Giants at a bad time. There's really no excuse for it, but they 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 won that. They won the battle. That's for sure. The second game, you really definitely can't compare because the Giants played all of their second and third stringers, and the Eagles they've been banged up. But I mean, they're really trying to win that game. Um, to solidify the f- number one seed, but just to sh- just to show how the Eagles definitely were trying to win that game, the the line for that game was Eagles minus sixteen. If the line wouldn't have been that big, if the Eagles definitely weren't trying to win, just want to throw that out there. Um, but I will say, based off the past, these are my takeaways. I mentioned that the Eagles were playing their best football the last time they played, but if you really look at it, that was the last time the Eagles were playing at their highest level. We have not seen that Eagles team since. That was over a month ago. Jalen Hurts got hurt the last couple of games uh, before the season ended. He came back the final game, but you know they were very timid with him. And they also have a bye. We haven't seen this team play at their very, very best. What we've been watching for the first four months of the year since that Giants game, which was o- almost a month and a half ago. After that game, after that game, they beat the Bears twenty-five to twenty. Jalen Hurts gets hurt. They lost to the Cowboys 40-34. to They lost to the Saints 20-10. to So just something to think about. Also, I want to mention that Daniel Jones will certainly have his hands full. 
Uh, I know he I know he lit it up last week against the Vikings, but the Vikings were 30th in the league in points per game allowed. Eagles are eighth. Let's see, also passing yards allowed. Vikings were are 31st in the league, and Philly is number one. So he's definitely going to have his hands full. Also, Daniel Jones had a lot of time in that game in the pocket. Vikings are 20, finished 22nd in the league in sacks. Philly is first. And the Giants are fifth in most sacks allowed. So a lot of advantages for the Eagles looking forward to this game. Uh, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. This is a really fucking good team. I think they've been consistently the best team in the NFL all year. I mean, I, I guess you could, you know, save for San Francisco. Um, they've just... They've just been playing at a high level for so long. And I think that they're ready to, like, come out and, you know, drop a beat down on the Giants, unfortunately. Now, I will say one thing that I I looked this up yesterday, and it was kind of hard to look up because it's not really, um, you know, on, like, NFL or ESPN in terms of stats. But I was able to dig it up. Um, One thing I will say about the Eagles' defense, they are... Um, Philly is fourth worst in the NFL in terms of allowing rushing yards to a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what Brian Dable draws up for this game, what the game plan will be. I know Daniel Jones, again, he had a great game in the pocket. He had a great game overall last week, but because of the Eagles passing defense, are they going to really strictly stick to the running game? Um, or are they going to try to do that? Are they going to try to do the same thing they did last week? I'm not really sure, but you know, it's I mean, a big question. You know, you know, Joe, it's like you said last week, Jones had a lot of time in the pocket. He is, he's not going to have the same amount of time this, this week. He's, he's going to have, he's going to have to make quick, sharp decisions. And he's going to have to do that all game. Also, if, if the giants are going to rely on the, on the running game, you know, they have a great running back, but. You know he's not playing as well as he as he was the first ten weeks of the season, right? I mean he's he's that's just the truth. So I think the key to the Giants winning this game is gonna their defense is gonna have to step up because I don't I don't know if their offense is gonna score many points. Totally agree. It's gonna they, they, their defense really has to step up and keep Philadelphia you know under seventeen or fourteen, and that just seems so unlikely to me. The thing that the reason I don't think Jalen Hurts is, I mean, he, you know, up until maybe week 14 or 15, Jalen Hurts was in discussion right up there with Mahomes as NFL, uh, as NFL MVP. And I think a big reason, a big part of that is because when they're running the football well with him, it opens up a lot of passing options because they're running almost, I don't want to say like an option type offense, like in college, but it's a lot of RPO. So if he's running the football well, then that's when he could fake it and, and hold on to it in the pocket and guys are wide open down the field. If the, if the Giants want a chance to win this game, they really need to shut him down running the football, force him to pass, and we'll see if they can do that. I, that's, that's a huge question, though. But but how, how will they do that? I mean, how will they stop him from, from running, dude? If they're... So, so if the Giants send four or five, four or five people, I mean, it's like it, you know, then then he's going to throw the ball. If not, he's going to run the ball. It's really, it's going to be really difficult for them to, to to contain him. So, in your opinion, what's the strategy? How so, what the strategy is is you look at the Eagles. You look at the the first game they lost this year was against the Commanders, who not only did they kind of jump out to an early lead, but they ran the football. If you if you're running the football and you're wasting clock, run, wasting the clock forces the Eagles to kind of like try to pick up the pace and throw the football. So it's a combination of running the clock out and also jumping out to an early lead. I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Yeah, well, we'll certainly see tomorrow. I mean, I'm 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 hopeful for 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 a good game. Um, you know, I think. To go back to the spread a little bit, you know, Eagles minus seven and a half. Do you think that will move at all by tomorrow? It hasn't at all, and I don't think the odds haven't really changed either. Both lines are at minus one ten, 
Um, mm. So I don't think it will, but okay. we'll see. Alrighty, that pretty much covers all four games. Now, I mentioned this earlier, but I'll say it again. Leading up to our picks for each game, I'm going to share some next-gen betting stats. That's right. I did all the research for you guys. So all you got to do is sit back, listen, and take whatever piece of info sparks your interest in determining your own bets. Joey, are you ready? Yes. This is the moment you've been dreaming of. All right, Joey, your pick for the Jags and Chiefs was Jags plus nine. So I'm going to just kind of, I have a lot of information. I'm just going to throw it all out there and um, just try to try to consume as much as you possibly can and see if it sways you or not. <clears throat> okay. So the Jaguars finished nine and nine this year against the spread versus the Chiefs who finished six, 10 and one, only 35%. Like I said earlier, the Jag season changed after that week nine win against the Raiders. Since, since then, their record as a team is seven and two. Their record against the spread since week 10 at the Chiefs is in those nine games, they were underdogs in seven of those games. However, take away the game against the Chiefs, which they were given nine and a half points at that game. The most points they were given all year was four points. So nine points is a lot. Now, given the fact that in week 10, in their first matchup, the Jaguars were given nine and a half points. And since then, the Jaguars are seven and two and in the playoffs in the divisional round. And that point has only dropped a half point. It, it tells me that Vegas is not giving much love to the Jags at all. <clears throat> On the flip side, Kansas City, like I said, six and 10 against the spread. Their poor record is mainly due to the high spreads. They've been eight and a half point favorites or higher in eight games this year. And their record against the spread in those eight games is three and five. Out of those eight games, four of their five losses against the spread were, were their highest spreads of the year. They were 12-point favorites, 14-point favorites twice, and also 16-point favorites at one point, which makes them 3-1 and one in the other games, which they were 8.5-point favorites twice, where, where they split 9.5-point favorites against the Jaguars in Week 10, and also 10-point favorites those two games they covered. Of those four games, they were the home team in two of them. So in that eight and a half to 10 point window, when favored at home, they're two and oh. Like I said, it's a lot of information to kind of spill out there. <clears throat> I know you said your pick before was the Jaguars plus nine. Did I sway your pick? And, and, and keep in mind, when I say sway, like I could have the same pick. I'm just saying like with everything kind of thrown out there, was it swayed at all? Well, it's interesting to hear their record against the spread, which mm-hmm. is not very good. Um, but I've always thought that was kind of an overrated stat. So I'm kind of swayed, but I, I, I still think nine points is a, is a lot of points for them. I still think they're going to come out. They're going to come out fine. I mean, uh, uh, of those five losses, how many of them were from the first ten weeks of the season? You know what I mean? It's like when they weren't playing as well. So. I'm not fully swayed. I'm still going to go with the ja- with the Jaguars uh, plus nine. There's no question about it. This is simply a terrible matchup for the Jags. The Jags' offense is good, but Kansas City's is better. The Chiefs' defense isn't great, but Jackson- Jacksonville's is worse. The biggest advantage the Jags have against Kansas City is their 10th-ranked passing offense is going up against Kansas City's 18th-ranked passing defense. The problem is... Kansas City has the number one ranked pass offense, and the Jags have the 28th ranked passing defense. No matter how hard you look, you can't find an edge for this Jacksonville team anywhere. This is new territory for Jacksonville. I know they played their first game last week, but this is Kansas City. A playoff game in Arrowhead is much different than a home game against any team coached by Brandon Staley, which took a miracle to win. Kansas City's been there and done that, even though Vegas is clearly not giving much love to the Jags, I'm going to swallow the nine points, and I'm actually going to take the Chiefs minus nine. The Chiefs, wow. the Chiefs aren't immortal. I do think they will lose next week to the winner of the Bengals-Bills. But and, and, and another thing to mention, I do love the Jags moving forward. Trevor Lawrence is a star. And yes. Dougie Pete 
that guy, he's the best coach to elevate him and that young offense, but I just don't think this is their year. They made a huge jump. Making it to the divisional round is no is no joke. They are a year or two away, but I do want to say one thing. Expect some wild shit from Peterson in this game. I'm talking like onside oh kick, God, yeah. onside kick on the opening kickoff, fake punts. Well, <laughs> like you never know. Yeah. He's going to pull all everything out. Be yeah. prepared yeah, for be prepared for anything while watching this game. But again, my pick is going to stay with Chiefs at minus nine. All right, the second game: Bengals at Bills, who are favored by five and a half points. The betting, some betting stats for this game: Bengals are second in the NFL against the spread at twelve and five. The Bengals are two and zero against the spread when given points. Getting five and a half points will be the most points given to them all year. The Bills are tied for twelfth in the NFL against the spread. They're eight eight and one. Coming into this game, the Bills are not against the spread. They're on an eight-game winning streak, which actually really surprised me because they've been the only thing I've been hearing over the past month is how many turnovers Josh Allen has has had. Um, but in that during that eight-game winning streak of those eight games, only two of those wins were against a playoff team, both of which were against the Dolphins. If you really think about it, they really didn't deserve to be there anyways, even though they gave the Bills a run for their money. Fun fact, the Bills have been favored in every single game this year. In games favored by one score, so seven or lower, they are three and four. That's their record in against the spread. In two of those wins, the spreads were uh, minus two and minus two and a half. Of those seven games, they were the road team in five of them. So being a five-point favorite will be their lowest amount of points taken away from them while playing at home. They are three and five against the spread in home games this year. So, Joey, you picked Bengals plus five and a half. What's your pick? Still the Bengals. Bengals at plus five and a half. History has a lot to do with betting. And the history of the Buffalo Bills is that in the postseason, at some point or another, they puke all over themselves and they lose. And they, they don't just lose. They lose in a horrible, terrible fashion. This is what's going to happen to them this week against the Bengals. Yeah, no, everything you're saying is right. Here's what I think about the game. Other than the 49ers, I felt the Bengals were the best team heading into the playoffs. They played poorly last week against the Ravens, but I'm not going, I'm not going to read too much into that because... That game was against the Ravens, who are, who are a heated division, divisional rival and a matchup nightmare for the Bengals. We normally get caught up in always mentioning the Bills and the Chiefs as, as the two best AFC teams, but the Bengals flat out belong in that conversation. It's clear that last year wasn't a fluke. There's two major factors that worry me about the Bengals. And they are both in the trenches. The injuries suffered to their offensive line, which was mediocre at best prior to those injuries, worry me. Their lack of pressure on the opposing quarterback without blitzing also worries me. Burrow was sacked the most last year and they still made it to the Super Bowl. But how many times can that happen? Their best chance to win this game, which is definitely possible, is by generating turnovers. But me personally, I believe in fate. If the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills are going to have this decade-long battle royale, the Bills eventually need to deliver a knockout punch and reach the Super Bowl, which they have yet to do under Josh Allen. During Allen's tenure, this is the Bills' first major playoff game on their home turf in front of their home crowd, which means something. I feel it's their turn to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. They were my preseason pick to win it, And because of that, I'm sticking with them to win this game. However, Allen's got to play better, and he's got to relax with the turnovers. If he continues playing the way he's been playing, fuck fate. The Bengals will win this game. No, dude, I I think it's going to continue to happen. I I don't think he's played well over the last three weeks, you know, especially against the Patriots in Week 17 uh, or Week 18 and... um, and last week against the Dolphins, which they sh- honestly that game should have been won very, very handily by the by the Bills. It, Can, should, it should not have, 
I mean, the only reason why the the, the Dolphins lost is because they forgot to call a play. Uh, you know. When, yeah. And the fourth grade, it's like, you know, they they beat themselves. I mean, that's probably not the only reason they lost, but you know, um, they weren't playing a good team. They didn't. The Patriots are not a good team either, so they weren't playing. So so and and they played poorly against us. But maybe they'll play up to their competition this week. Maybe, and that's what if you're if you're if you're taking the Bills, that's what you gotta hope they do, because if they play anything like the way they played last week, they're gonna lose, and they're gonna lose big time. Well, so I am, I'm definitely picking the Bills to win, but because I do respect the hell out of Burrow and that team, I love yeah. that line just opened up at five. It's now at five and a half. If it keeps moving, I'll gladly take more points because that's going to be a very close game down to the wire. And I think the Bills will win, but that's a lot of points to give a team that's just as good as them and the Chiefs. So I am taking the Bengals in the spread, but to lose the game. So we're on the same page on the Bengals. You pick the Jags. I pick the Chiefs. I haven't swayed you either way yet, but I'm... I'm confident I'll be I have two more games left to sway I I feel confident I'll be able to sway you one way or the other your pre-discussion pick for the Cowboys Niners was the 49ers at minus four so it's just some things to review in terms of betting the 49ers are fourth in the league against the spread at 12 and 6 which is honestly a big accomplishment because they've they've been one of the better teams all year. So I'm sure the spreads have been not in their favor for most of them, but they still finished at 12 and six. The Cowboys are seventh against the spread. Um, Here's a crazy stat. Dallas has only been an underdog in five games this year, but only once with Dak Prescott as the starting quarterback. I I, I don't think the, I don't think the, I mean, so I mentioned before how the bills were, um, they, they've been favored in every single game. You can basically say that with the Cowboys when Dak is starting all but one game. I don't think they're on the same level at all. Um, and, and that one game they were a dog was week one against the Bucks. With Dak, the Cowboys are 7-6 and six against the spread overall. Also with Dak, on the road, they're 3-3 three and three against the spread. The Niners have won 9 out of their last 11 against the spread. Their only loss against the spread with Brock Purdy was Week 17 in Vegas. They were 10-point favorites, but they won 37-34. But again, Purdy did his part. He put up 37 points. So, Niners at minus 4. That was your pick before. Has it changed? No. I'm sorry. It just it, I think the Niners are just too good of a team, and I think the Cowboys are frauds i think they are the biggest fraudsters and i think the niners are going to wipe the floor with them here's my view since dak became the quarterback for the cowboys i've gladly shit on him to my friends who are cowboy fans calling him an average quarterback at best in this league i don't care if he puts up 350 yards and four touchdowns against the bears or the texans in october those games are useless this right here is a legacy game for Dak Prescott. These are the games that move you up or down a tier. Right now, he's a mid-tier quarterback. Can he elevate himself into the top 10? Most of his success has come from having a great team around him. Dak missed five games this year and the Cowboys went 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush. He's only looked at he's only looked at as a top-tier quarterback in some people's eyes for two reasons. Number one, he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and they get a lot of attention. Number two, he plays in the NFC, which is drastically lacking in quarterback talent compared to the AFC. Dak can be a top three or five quarterback in the NFC, but that doesn't guarantee him a top 10 or 15 spot in the NFL. However, if he can win this game and beat one of the best defenses in the NFL, I'll personally have to reevaluate my quarterback list and move Dak around. But I don't think that'll happen. They're 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 not going to win this game. They're just not going to win this game. But I mentioned earlier about last week's performance. Listen, that game was over ten minutes into it. The Bucks are a terrible team. Even Tommy couldn't save them. The Cowboys did what they were supposed to do, and they took care of business. But now they're playing a different beast in San Francisco. I think this is the best team in the NFL right now. They're playing with their third string quarterback. Kyle Shanahan is a superior coach. 
similarly to the Jags and Chiefs game, whatever the Cowboys are good at, San Francisco is that much better. Is Dak a better quarterback than Brock Purdy? Yeah, but but with Brock Purdy playing under center in Shanahan's system makes him a more productive quarterback than Dak. For the first time in Dak's career, he's going to have to be the reason the Cowboys win this game, which I don't think will happen. I am taking the 49ers to win, and I'm taking them to cover the four points. I am shocked this game is so low. This game should be around seven, eight points, and it's not. 49ers are going to roll the Cowboys. Yeah, dude, I, I think this is a sure thing. I mean, there's there's no, you don't need to sway me at all here. There's, there's no, I totally agree with you. Um, Dak is definitely going to have to be the reason why they win. I also love this kid Pollard on on Dallas. I think he's I think he's great. Uh, some you know one of my friends a couple days ago mentioned that he would be a great New England Patriot, and I totally agree. I hope that somehow some way he's in New England next year because I, I just think that he's he's awesome. Uh, and um, I, I I do agree. I I think that Dak is going to have to play the game of his life to win this game. I I it is a, I agree. And it, and it totally is a legacy game. I, I think I think every great quarterback has great people around them and have great teams around them. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with your point about about that being why you know Dax had success uh, or the only reason why he said I, I I think he's a pretty good player, um, but I I do think I I don't think we've seen him rise to the occasion of you know superstar or hero when it counts most and we have in the postseason. We have not seen that. Nope. So, but if he does that here um, with a horrible head coach and, you know, his number one running back kind of waning and his career seeming closer to the end, I think, I think that's quite the story. And I think that if he can, if he can manage a victory here, that's going to be remember for a very long time absolutely this is by far Dak's biggest game of his career yes especially after everyone freaking out over last week and he played well listen you know we we saw the moments lose to the Texans yeah of course dude it it was certainly a statement game you know against Tom Brady but I mean look the Bucs are are not a good team but regardless you 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 throw up you know, 34 or 44, I forget the final score. I mean, that was a, that was a good performance. Yeah, now let's see absolutely. Let's do it against a fucking real team, a really good team. All right, so <clears throat> the mother load of them all. Giants at Eagles. You picked the Eagles at minus seven and a half. Now, I'm going to just ramble on for like three or four minutes here, and then I'm going to ask you if I swayed you. And Joey, I promise you, I think I'm going to sway you this game, all right? Okay. Let's look at the betting history real quick. Philly is 8-9 against the spread. Philly against the spread at home is 6-4. and four. They have been favored in every game this year except for one, which was their last game against Dallas when Hertz was injured. And on the road, they were plus four. The line right now, as we said, is 7.5. Their record against the spread in games favored by 7.5 or less, they are... Seven and four in those 11 games. In those 11 games, they were the home team in six of them. Their record in those six games against the spread is five and one. However, every game in that stretch was pre-Giants. Pre-Giants Eagles week 14. Since then, they are 0 and four against the spread. Overall, their record against the spread in games favored more by favored more than seven and a half is one and four. Now on the flip side, the Giants. <clears throat> Did you know this? Giants finished first in the league in record against the spread at 14 and four. The Giants are 11 and two against the spread when given points. Their two losses were in week eight at Seattle when they were plus three. That was also their third road game in four weeks. Um, right and also right before their bye, you know, some players kind of check out. In week that game was in week eight. In week five they played in London. Then week six was home, and then week seven was Jacksonville, and then they had to go all the way to the West Coast. Their second loss was at home against the Eagles, where they were plus seven. In addition to those numbers, they have covered ten straight games 
on short rest, which is one shy of the longest streak in NFL history. On top of that, Daniel Jones in his career on short rest is 9 and 0 against the spread. Wow. If you look at this game in if you look at the in-game statistics and overall offensive and defensive rankings, the Eagles should not only win this game but they should cover the spread comfortably. However, I'm a big believer in playing teams at the right time, meaning teams playing hot or cold, and I do believe in the DNA of franchises. In terms of hot and cold, the Eagles, the Giants are the hotter team heading into this game. The Eagles are a huge question mark since they haven't played at their top game in over a month. In terms of team DNA, and according to the Giants' DNA, they should win this game. Fun fact number one, Giants have never lost to the same team three times in one season. When playing a team for the third time in a season after losing to that team twice earlier, they are a staggering 15-0 in those games. Fun fact number two, the last time they won a playoff game where they didn't at the very least make a Super Bowl appearance was back in 1993. The third fact I have, since seedings were implemented back in 1975, this will be the 10th time the Giants will play a playoff game against the number one seed. Their record in those nine games is six and three, but they've won their last six. Their last loss against the number one seed was to the 85 Bears. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win. I'm just saying that that's like team DNA right there. When it comes to the Giants and their playoff runs, there's magic in the air. They make the impossible seem possible. There's an aura. Yeah, yeah. There's an aura surrounding them, which gives me a hard on. Not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't expect this aura to occur before last week's game because I've only experienced that vibe during Eli Manning years. But aside from Eli, there's a lot more similarities to that 07 and 11 teams than I initially thought. They're led by a great head coach in Brian Dable. They have a top five offensive tackle in Andrew Thomas. They have a strong front four led by Dexter Lawrence and Thibodeau. They have strong leaders on both sides of the ball in Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney on defense. The biggest question still remains, can Daniel Jones completely and totally 100% reenact Eli Manning? Here in New York, everyone says Daniel Jones has some mannerisms and the same clueless-looking clueless facial expressions as Eli. But can he fully be like Eli and deliver like he did last week? I'm not sitting here and telling you to book your ticket to Arizona on February 12th. What I'm saying is, in a playoff game against a heated rival like the Eagles, in a gritty NFC East divisional round playoff game, how can this game not even end in a one possession game? I am picking the Giants at plus seven and a half. I would be shocked, I, shocked if it's not a close game. Now, if they'll win, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. It's who's going to make the big mistake, which way the ball is going to bounce. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, see you next week in either San Francisco or in Dallas. But to cover the spread, seven and a half points is a lot. I'm definitely taking the seven and a half points. Did I sway you? That was pretty impassioned. That was pretty good. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. I, yes, I think you did. I think you did. Really? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of persuaded on, I'm, I'm persuaded on the Giants on taking the Giants with seven and a half points. I'm not really persuaded on them winning the game. I, I'm not either. I'm not either. The, okay. I, I was okay. saying, I was saying like those stats earlier in terms of like you know they haven't, they haven't, they haven't, they, they haven't made the postseason and had one win and not at least made the Super Bowl since '93. That was just like my argument as like their team DNA. I'm letting you know. With all of that being said, it'd be I'd be floored if if they don't at least cover. I mean, I'm saying like a, a one possession game. I think it's going to be 24-20, either Eagles or Giants. I don't know who though. Yeah, it could be either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I look, man. I I like Brian Dayball a lot. I think he's come in there and he's really turned things around. Um, I think that. Uh, Daniel Jones is kind of good when he wants to be. So we'll just see. I mean, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a scenario where if Daniel 
Jones can come out tomorrow and play 75% as well as he did last week, the Giants could win. That's exactly what I said on my last episode. I'm like, he gave us a 10. If he gives us a 7 or an 8, like that, that'd be great. If he gives you a 7 or an 8, you have a real shot. But anything below that, I, I don't think they can get over the, the hump that is Philly. And I, 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 I believe in Team DNA, too. I think Team DNA can be changed. You know what I mean? Like, the DNA of the Patriots, you know, uh, pre-craft, post-craft. Yeah. Completely different. Absolutely. Completely different. But, like, with the John, I mean, and look, the Eagles have pretty fucking good Team DNA as well. I mean, they've they've... They've they've been there. I mean, you know, 2018. They went to a few a Super Bowl with Andy Reid. They went to several NFC Championships with Andy Reid. Um, you know, so they they have their DNA is is pretty decent too. But That's true. It's not it's it, it's it's not the Giants, of course. So we'll see. We'll see if that plays a part. All right. So yeah. No. I that that's a good that's a good. That's a good argument as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, the Eagles aren't, aren't any slouches either. So just to recap, Joey, your picks are Jags plus nine, Bengals plus five and a half, 49ers minus four, and I swayed you over to the Giants plus seven and a half. My picks are Kansas City minus nine, Bengals plus five and a half, 49ers minus four, and the Giants. So we basically match up in everything except for the Jags and Chiefs. Um, If I had to rank my picks, I would, I mean, I think I would actually, I think I like the 49ers the most. Um, Followed followed by the Bengals, Giants, and then um, Kansas City. I I, I say, I I rank them 49ers, Bengals, Giants, but I, I feel really good about all three of them. And then Kansas City is the only one. The only reason why I'm kind of iffy about it is just because it's just such a large number. Um, but either way, I do feel good about all of them. Um, hey, by the way, since I have you here, do you have any other bets that stand out to you? You know, parlays, teasers, uh, props, anything? Yeah, so I have a future bet I want to talk to you about. Okay. okay? Um, so... Um, so yes, a bet I want to talk about is a future bet, the future to win the AFC. So let me start off with the Chiefs and Bills. The Chiefs are plus 140, and the Bills are at plus 165, which makes sense. What doesn't make much sense to me is the Bengals at plus 400, because I think they have an equal shot at winning the AFC. I, I like so, that too, yeah. If you want some bang for your buck, why not? Put some money on the. That's on the yeah, it's not a bad idea. I took him up. I, I I really I I I really don't think that there's much. I mean, look, I I I mean, one could argue that the Chiefs and the Bills are a better team and have a better shot. Sure, fine, but is it really twice or three times as much? I I, I totally know. agree with you. Now the Bengals and and the Bengals and Bills have a tougher road because they have to play each other. But the fact yeah. that the Bengals are plus four hundred and the Bills are only plus one sixty five, that's that's basically Vegas letting you know, like, hey, we think it's going to be Bills Chiefs, and I don't think that's a slam dunk. Yeah, and then my other one is if you like the Bengals to win the AFC, uh, it's plus thirteen hundred for a Bengals Forty ers Super Bowl, Ooh. which, which as we discussed on the show, we both think the Forty ers are the best team yeah. in the in the playoffs right now. Definitely, I think they're going to come out of the NFC for sure, and if the Bengals. If you like the Bengals, you might as well put some money on, on that Super Bowl matchup too, because it's a pretty, pretty nice payout. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, I'm, I'm, that's, you know, I wouldn't mind throwing, you know, a hundred bucks on that. See what happens. Sure. Cross your fingers. Anything well, can happen. Yeah. Um, why not? That's good. You have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, Boston Scott and Philly. His wow, I, Boston Scott still with Philly. Huh? Yeah, that's funny. Boston Scott, any time to score a touchdown is at plus 370. Now, I really like this bet because he only has three touchdowns this this year, but two of them are against the Giants. And in his entire career, he has scored 18 touchdowns. Ten of them are against the Giants. He's a giant fucking killer. 
Um, Hopefully he sprains an ankle or something. But hey, at plus 370, when you've scored more than half your touchdowns in your entire career against one team, why not? You know, I would, I might throw like 50 on that. Who knows? But um, all right. So that's all I got. Um, I I really like your futures. I might actually, I, I, I like that. I like the I like the Bengals 49ers because I feel like I feel I, I think it's inevitable as well that the Niners will make it. So if you're gonna throw you know a hundred bucks on the Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl, might as well throw it on the Niners also. Like you know in the matchup. So that's not sure. bad. That's Why not, not that's not bad. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah. So I I like that. I might I might you know maybe throw like twenty five on that. We'll see. Um, okay. Joey, it's been. A lot of fun talking football with you. I really appreciate you again joining me on the show. This has been a lot of fun, and maybe uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. The pleasure was all mine, buddy. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I enjoyed it. That's Joey. I'm Frank. Good luck this weekend. Bet safe. Be safe. This is the Catalina Line Mixer. Logging out. Peace.